Hey guys, this is Morgan. Um, Welcome to another episode of Consider This. Today we're going to be talking about uh, the dangers of church camp. We're in the summer season and it seems like we're having a lot of events, especially for our um, students, um, our youth. And so we are here with Zane Sutherland, who does children's ministry for us, Justin Ebert, who does high school, Andrew Henderson, who does junior high ministry. And we wanted to talk to specifically parents about just some ways to interact with your students this summer. Um, and kind of what the whole camp experience is really about and how we fit it into our plan of discipleship. So um, we're glad you're with us today, and we're just going to jump it off, starting with the first question, um, which is just how did camp go this year? So anybody want to talk about how camp went? That's where we'll start. Drew? I would say as we uh, were talking about that, the main question that came across my mind is exactly what makes a successful year of camp that would be a question mark at the end of that statement. So what what makes this a successful year of camp? Um, and if we don't think about it very much, and I know that I've done this, is you, what, what makes it a good, how did it go? Great, good. Um, every you sort of slap five to everybody in the parking lot whenever you get back and uh, kids are reunited with their parents and uh, so a successful year is that we got everyone home. We didn't forget anyone anywhere. Um, not, you know, not too many injuries. We got everybody home. It was a great year. And we were away a week. We heard some different things from the Bible, were challenged, worshipped, um, all the different things that you do at camp. So uh, maybe I'll just throw that back at some of you. So what does, how do you decide what makes a good year of camp? I mean, I think it kind of goes into the purpose of camp. Why do we do camp? What are the goals? Are we going to camp because we've gone to camp since Sunnybrook Christian Church started? Or are we going to camp with a purpose? And I think part of the purpose, obviously, is kids are going to hear the gospel. They're going to be challenged to become more like Jesus. And at camp, we're hoping that it, and this is a phrase Morgan uses, it kind of becomes an incubator for faith. They're kind of outside of the realm of their everyday normal life, and they get to be around other people who are immersed in the teachings and the worship settings there. And so we truly are desiring for them to become more like Jesus helping them take their next step in faith of whatever that is, from non-believer to believer, or from young believer to mature and really following Jesus. But the other, I think, for a youth group or even a kid's ministry is kind of unity in the group. You get to spend time with the other adults, which is really important to get to know them and have a relationship with them, and also for the unity of the students themselves with the adults and other kids. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, um, I don't know if I like the word successful as much as I do effective. Like, did we have an effective camp season? Um, and I think that goes to, uh, you know, did did kids hear the gospel? Um, did we have intentional conversations with them where we move them along in their journey of faith um, to look more like Jesus, um, to challenge them to uh, be intentional about walking with Jesus each and every day? Um, and so... I think that's a big piece. And then I think it's also, uh, you know, one of the big things for us was getting adult leaders excited about what's going on in the children's ministry um, and connecting them to kind of seeing kids look more and more like Jesus and getting them excited about their role in that. Um, And then for us, we also had a lot of families go. 
um, moms and dads that sponsored their kids. And so it was a great moment of orange for us where we got to see families interacting and having great conversations together. And so I think over the course of all of that, I mean, when you combine intentional worship moments where you're stepping outside of normal um, and saying, hey, we're, we're going to retreat from kind of the everyday pressures of sports and family and all these other things to just have an intentional time to get away and connect with Jesus and each other. Um, man, I thought this was an incredible year for our group. So That's awesome. That's awesome. So that kind of goes into the next question. And it's it's this idea. It's, it's what Drew is saying. What makes it successful? What makes it effective? And sometimes you have a whole bunch of people with a whole bunch of different opinions of what makes something effective. And I think I'm not sure, but I get this question quite a bit or statement, I guess, from parents. Um, It's this idea of church camp is the place where you go, you encounter Jesus, and you decide to give your life to him. And so you have this baptism that happens typically at camp. I mean, I have parents that are, I mean, I'm just praying for this week, you know, and I love that. I'm so glad you're praying for this week. You know, it'd be good to pray for all weeks um, that you have and all all moments that you get to have with your kid. And they want to know, it's, it's almost like they, they think something radical, they expect something radical to happen um, why their child is at camp. And then you have kids who sometimes you say, what are, what's your favorite part of camp? They say, capture the flag. All right, what's your second favorite part? Canteen. All right, what was your next favorite part? Um, dodgeball. They, they use all of the church camp words that no one else understands. No one knows. Canteen. Yeah, which is I loved canteen. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. So basically... Um, you have all these different perspectives of what makes it successful. Um, I know that a question I get when we come back is a lot of times, so did you have any baptisms? How many baptisms? Anybody want to talk about following Jesus? And obviously those are very big. That's a very big deal. Um, it's something we get really excited about. Um, but we kind of have a different perspective sometimes on what a camp high is. And I think sometimes a camp high can be a really good thing, actually. Um, and then I think there can be some dangers in having a camp high. And so let's talk to parents, especially about students um, that might have those and students that might not. And what's good and what's bad about this camp high experience? Because there is there's something powerful that happens whenever you when you go away and you're able to focus and the pace of the day just slows down. And it's it is a lot. Le- it's no screen time. And it's just you're interacting with people who love Jesus um, in a safe environment and the focus really is pushed to be upon him. So so what would you guys say? I think on camp highs, um, I'm not sure that I it used those used to those kind of moments. It's like, okay, this isn't going to last. Well, yeah, it probably won't last. But there have been plenty of moments in my own life as an adult where I've had a high point in my relationship with Jesus that didn't last. But that there exists, I believe, in life of, of a disciple of Jesus, times where you, uh, I don't know, feel is the right word, but feel closer to Jesus. You experience prayer in a new way. You experience worship in a new or different way. You experience the Word of God uh, in a different way. And then there are times where it, it feels very, very distant and almost a foreign activity. Um, so I think um, as adults, um, while we don't want to, like, um, take advantage, and I hope that I've never done that, but take advantage of a kid's uh, camp, quote, high, um, or times where they've been given 
uh, emotions and at, at a specific time in their life, 12, 13, 14, even up to 18 years old, that's a very, very emotional time, which we would believe and say that those emotions are from God. Um, and that, that isn't always a bad thing. So we need to, to help them understand that feeling emotions for the Lord in a new and very powerful way, I think is, is okay and really affirm them in that. Um, and not always look down on this camp high as something that's a bad thing. I've come to really understand that sometimes it's uh, very hormone-driven, uh, very physical, and very uh, like experiencing these things in, in new and different ways as a young teenager and helping walking them them through that. It's an important thing to do, I think, as, as parents and volunteers and leaders and ministry, for sure. Yeah, and kind of what you're saying with that is, I think, I think of in scripture when it talks about how they they stop and they build these these things to remember what God has done at this point in their life, um, and so it becomes a place where you can think of when I think of like a camp Saokamo, I, I want I want to worship the Lord, and I think there are special places that are almost like sacred places for us. That man, God did something powerful in me there. He continues to do something powerful in me. Um, when I go back and I get to revisit that place, and um, and and those can be reasons for worship, you know. So I think that's really good. Yeah. Any anybody else want to add on to that, Justin? Well, you use the word. Sometimes parents expect something radical to happen, which sometimes I think we need to acknowledge. Like that does happen sometimes. People get away from what they understand life to be, and they hear about this other life, this life which they didn't think was real. It's something far off but then they go and meet drew henderson and they go and meet morgan weiss they go and meet uh, uh shauna ogle they go and meet um nate anderson nate anderson let's say let's say um th- just whether it's pastors or adult volunteers and they see like man there's something different about them there's something different that they're experiencing than i am and I, and they're curious right and then they come and they hear a michael defazio and matt proctor speaking at night and just explaining the bible in a whole new way that's actually like it makes sense that actually seems to no like that that would have an effect on the way i live my life oh, wow, I, I want to think about where I'm going after I die because I see people around me die. Like They actually start to engage in a whole new way because maybe they just haven't experienced it. And so something radically radical can happen, and I don't think we need to just automatically dismiss that. But we also know of the parable of the sower, right? This, he's sowing seed in all these different grounds. Um, sometimes it's good, and it takes root, and it has that experience as the start but then other times thorns come weeds come and they choke it out which means that the pressures of the world come and that faith which they maybe had there for a little bit um, kind of dissipates or even the the rocky soil right where persecution comes and difficulties come and though it sprang up and received the gospel with joy kind of let go of it after a time and we see that a lot so we just have to have that discerning middle ground which i think we see so often in scripture that um, we don't want to dismiss it and say something radical can never happen if they have an experience there it's not true it's not real no sometimes can be good, can be real, but there are times where we have to really help as pastors engage that 
um, post-camp experience. Help parents ask questions. Help them even during camp, like, okay, we're going to go back to real life soon. What does that look like um, to follow Jesus, to take this message you're hearing and start living it out in your everyday life? Yeah, and um, I think when you say that, it makes me think of something Zane was talking about earlier, which is why it's so important. The one thing I, I would say, you know, when you talk about, yeah, sometimes students do have radical moments there and and drew talking about affirming these emotions that might be stirred up for the lord um i think those are true things i do think that if the only time that you experience jesus christ is when you are away at church camp and you and you don't that doesn't come back and translate into something responding in some way here that um that's then that would not be necessarily seen as, man, that was just the most successful thing ever. Um, and it, it goes back to something I think Zane's pretty passionate about that I, I, w- I want to hear what you have to say about this, Zane. But it's just why we when we talk about Orange in this church and we talk about parents being the primary spiritual leaders, this is why when your child comes home from camp, you should be jumping on that as, as a time to have conversations and to start conversations use that as an opportunity to start engaging your child in conversations um, throughout the rest of the summer about what does this look like? What what are some things you learned? I mean, we would love to talk to you about the the kingdom theme that we learned and, and what your students heard and, and how you can partner with us in um, continuing to pour in and challenge your students. So Zane, what, what, what are some thoughts you have on that? You know, I, I think camp um, is kind of like... You know, you look at Jesus consistently throughout the Gospels, and um, it seems time and time again, he just gets away to connect with the Father to prepare for everyday life. Um, you know, before he goes into big moments, Jesus kind of gets away. And I think camp can kind of be a lot of that for people, that we do have these great um, emotional moments, but we also have this time where we really connect with Jesus that, I mean, I think all four of us probably prayed this over our kids as they went, like, God, help us see you well. Um, help us see ourselves in light of you and what you've done well um, and help our kids see that and experience it. Um, and so I think what, what camp can do, and this is where parents come into play, um, is that it's this time for us to kind of get excited about what Jesus is doing, for him to speak truth into our lives. And then um, we, we have this challenge of when we come home, then living out the truth that we learned um, on a daily basis at home um, as we join uh, you know, a lot of these kids that went to camp are on soccer teams together or baseball teams together or at the same gym doing gymnastics together. And so um, you kind of ask these questions, okay, so you made these commitments, you had these emotions at camp, and so um, wh- where's that now? Where's that now? The question that we asked all of our kids at kids camp um, was, you know, we, we fully believe that all of these kids are on a journey, right? I mean, they uh, from from these babes in Christ growing and maturing into oaks of righteousness. And so uh, you kind of ask them, in, in your journey with Jesus, everybody's somewhere. Um, and I think sometimes we come to a place like this and, you know, you get challenged, hey, we want you to be a kingdom worker that's going to change the world. And you hear the stories of these fifth grade girls raising, you know, $60,000 to do this, this, and this. And I think some kids just become super overwhelmed at that. Um, and I like to just ask the question, hey, what do you think's next for you? You know, because next for you may not be $60,000 for a women's house. Um, 
Next for you might be sitting with your friend on the soccer team at Sonic getting a drink and talking to them about Jesus. You know, next for you might be um, getting serious about um, making a commitment to Jesus in baptism. Um, and so I think that's where parents can kind of continue to ask that question all the time. Like, hey, what's next for you? Where, where are you now? Um, where do you think you're at in your walk with Jesus? Where, you know, what's going on? And then where do you think Jesus is asking you to step next? Um, and the cool thing for parents is that you have that context of a daily walk with your kids to see how they're growing, how the fruits of the Spirit um, are, are being, are, are showing up in their life. And then you can kind of ask, so this is what I see. Um, this is what you're saying is going on in your life. So, so what do you believe Jesus is asking you to do next? And I think that's one of the most powerful things that you can do after camp is saying, hey, what's Jesus asking you to do next? Um, so here's my question based on this is how much of this falls onto the responsibility of us as pastors and organizers of camps? How much of this falls onto the responsibility of parents of these kids who get to spend a lot more time with them than we do as spiritual um, figures in their life? And then how much of it falls on the students themselves? Okay, so I think we would all agree that there's um, responsibility in all three places, right? I don't think anyone could reasonably argue that that's not true. Um, but how much of it could be like we fail as pastors, as organizers of camp to be intentional enough with preparing them for camp, helping them experience camp in the best way possible, and then following up with them and their parents post-camp, how much of it is parents, same way, and then students? Well, I think um, one of the, uh, whenever I think have thought about that and kind of reflected back on how camp experiences have gone. I think some years better even than others, or um, I always have to look back at myself and think, how am I doing as kind of the main person that's in charge of this ministry and then the one that's the main one in charge at the camp, um, communicating with as many people as possible to help this child take, like saying you said, take this next step. So one of the things that I've tried to do um, whenever we get back, and I, I know these are somewhat programmed and can seem, okay, that's just kind of the next thing, but we've done the come back and we're going to show the summary video um, of the week and just have all the parents come and students that come the ne- very next Sunday morning and watch and be a part of what we did. Now, um, that doesn't all of a sudden mean that these parents are growing followers of Jesus and that the kids are and that we're all, you know, one big happy family now, but we try to at least get in the same room and see uh, what we did. Talked about the theme. I know that last Sunday we talked about that for about 15 minutes, just about all the topics that were covered at camp to help parents understand what we talked about and how they might best have that conversation. But I, I always have to look back to myself and like how how is it that we're communicating with everyone? We're it's not just the the minister that's involved. It's not just the parent. It's not even just their own kid. I would say there's also volunteer leaders, small group leaders that some of them might have gone to that week of camp. Some of them may not have, but they need to be brought into the picture as well, uh, because it's not just any one of us. I would say, and uh, try to do the best that we can communicating with everyone involved to help them take the next step that they need to take so 
I I agree with what you're saying, Drew, that everybody kind of has this responsibility. It's hard to do, by the way. It is hard to yep. do. It feels kind of like sometimes like you're juggling a lot of uh, balls or you ha- or you're spinning a lot of plates and, some, and one's going to fall or something. Yep. Um, and so a lot of that goes into really this this is going to sound really cheesy but praying a lot Mm -hmm. um for god to god is at work even in moments when sometimes i don't see it or i drop the ball and so i trust that a lot that's where i get a lot of peace from and then i work as hard as i can in the meantime to be a vehicle used by god to do whatever he wants me to do have the conversations he wants me to have um for uh, volunteers or for students or for parents that is when you get back and you're tired um, or when you're, you, your kid gets back and they're tired you're wanting to ask them all about camp and they're on their way home and they're falling asleep on you um, don't let that be the only time you ask them ask them a few days from now ask them a week from now ask them questions like how does this um, did you did you think like that going to camp and then coming back the next time you're um, the next the next Sunday at church in the kids ministry, did you feel like you had a connection with some of the kids that were at camp that maybe wasn't there before? Uh, did you go to MS Chaos and serve? How how does what you learned at camp affect how you serve and your heart for serving with students in 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 the junior high ministry? Um, with high school, it can be, hey, I know there's like this hang night and they're just kind of hanging out and trying to really build unity amongst the youth group. Um, how did going to camp help that? Um, start asking them questions. And the question you can always come back to that you will, if you're at Sunnybrook Christian Church, that you will hear us say in a lot of different ways, but it's the same question. It's this idea of repenting and believing. It's what is God doing? How am I responding? Zane said it in a very kid way just a second ago. It's what is the next step? God is always active. So what is the next step? So if you're a parent listening to this, that is a question that you can ask your kid every single day and it would be helpful for their spiritual growth. They might not always give you some great answers. They might a lot of the time and and for a good chunk of time just go, I don't know. And you might have to give some ideas. Um, But the more you ask that, it's good for these young minds that are being shaped to begin thinking, having that refrain playing in their mind all the time. Because we believe that's true as followers of Jesus, that he is alive and active and working. And we have an opportunity to respond to him every day. So I just think, the 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 weight of responsibility falls on everyone. I do think that the more mature believers, as in volunteers, um, pastors, and parents, have probably even more responsibility and pushing and shaping and holding these students accountable. Because I do think the hormone hormones and emotions and just the way their brains developing is it naturally doesn't stay there. They're gonna come back, come back, and be really sad that they're not at camp for a couple of days, and then they'll be fine again. They're we're gonna go Chick Fil A, we're gonna go to the mall, we're gonna go wherever, and and we know this as adults, right? We have the ability and potential to do the exact same thing as that, um, but we also are mature enough to not let that happen if we don't want it to. So just constantly keeping those questions on your mind is helpful, Zane. Yeah, and I think it's it, it just goes back to continuing the conversation from camp. I mean, that's one of the easiest things, and I think that's one of the biggest responsibilities that we as as leaders have is to invite parents into that conversation to let them know what we've actually talked about, and then to say, hey, like this is how you continue the conversation at home, and then you get kids excited about continuing the conversation. Um, what, whatever that may look like, but it's it's something that obviously we want this to build and to grow um, and to not just stop at camp, but it's saying, okay, so how can we continue to talk about, I mean, 
think of the the theme this year, right? Mm-hmm. Kingdom of God. How can how can I be a kingdom worker? How can I be somebody that's about the kingdom of God? I mean that that's a, that's a conversation that you know we should be having until the day we die. And so it's opening up that conversation to the family, to the kids, and saying, "Hey, this this is what this looks like each and every day." Sure, I think whenever we talk about uh, like kind of some of the the main themes that we talked about at camp this summer, um, I think uh, as we kind of move a away from camp now that we've kind of all gone, high school group has gone, our junior high group, our children's ministry have gone, talking about the idea of the kingdom and what it looks like to have God's kingdom reign in each of our own lives as, as believers. Um, I think one of the things I would challenge parents to do um, as you find us, and I, I know that, like you said, Morgan, sometimes it's overwhelming of all these different decisions that were made, or it, maybe it wasn't formally written down on a card, I've rededicated my life, or I've got baptized, or you know, just conversations that you've had. Um, I would challenge all parents that might be out there listening to this to come find any one of us and just ask us, hey, how did my child do? Hey, as you see my child interacting with other people, as you see them responding to the Word of God, as you see them worshiping, um, what do you see? I see one thing as a parent, but it seems like that you as a leader, you might be seeing something different than I do. It reminds me a lot of times of... um, parent-teacher conferences for my own kids at school. That's that's where, I, it, it, as I've thought about family ministry and thought about what it means to connect with parents, so many of my ideas that I've had, it's like, we do this in schools. Um, why don't we do this with the most important message ever of all time that has right. eternal significance? Right. And so I would say that for all of us as, as leaders and uh, small group leaders that are out there that are also connected to parents, um, come find us. Ask us how they did at camp, and we would love to talk to them about it. And as ministers, we don't just use um, – we use this camp. Uh, it's part of a plan for this, the spiritual development, giving an opportunity to get away and those kind of things. But we also have other things that we do that are going on that can help um, just in, in the spiritual development of your child and a, as you continue to lead them. Um, so we, we do things like we hang out with one another. We, we want to meet with you, um, not just this week, but in a couple weeks. We'd love to meet with you, um, as you as you think through. Um, I think of a conversation I had last night with a dad who said, man, I'm so excited that my sixth grade daughter is starting to ask these questions. Um, we could kind of feel like we've seen that coming. And then he said, man, my ninth grade son just isn't about it right now. And you could tell he's thinking, like, is that okay that my sixth grade daughter is like thinking through this and my ninth grade son isn't and it, and it provided a great opportunity to talk about yeah actually um that is normal sometimes um girls are just sometimes a step ahead no i'm just kidding some but sometimes they are you know and so <laughs> it's normal sometimes for um these to for the holy spirit to be working in different ways and i think truly if I, what i would say to you as a parent is if you feel inadequate or nervous Take some of these questions that we've given you and start there um, with your student. But really, truly, if you're not, you're the one that's going to get your student here. So if you want them to continue to connect with the community, you need to either bring them or or continue to encourage them to be present. Um, your involvement um, on a Sunday morning when you go to church and your child goes to Sunday school, man, like... Maybe you need to go to church twice and bring your kid in there with you second service and sit there with your 
with your son or with your daughter so they can see how you come and learn. Um, plugging into life groups, um, ch- asking, furthering the conversation. I think of the people who go to camp and have a camp high and it sticks um, over time. And, I, and all, not every time, but the percentage is definitely higher for kids who are coming home to parents who love Jesus Christ and parents who emphasize Jesus as the center of their home. I think of a boy um, my age who was in our youth group whose parents did not follow Jesus, still do not, and he gave his life to Jesus at camp and was baptized and made this big declaration, and he is living a life now that is 100% against Jesus Christ and mocks our faith and our religion and our relationship with Jesus. And I posted pictures of camp a couple of years ago, and his comment on that was, man, Sayokamo, that's nostalgic. That brings about, about a lot of nostalgia for me. Um, and then I think of someone else, my dad, who goes to camp as a seven-year-old and gives his life to Jesus at camp and who's living for Jesus at 50-something years old. And there is such a bit like a huge huge part of that we talk all the time about parents being the primary primary spiritual responsibility for their child and that is true and and that is um that is a that is a biblical idea and so we would just really encourage you to be on your kid about about remaining plugged in yeah, I mean, you mentioned this earlier, but one, and Zane has talked about it too, but asking that daily question of what's the next step today, um, we as a church trying to process this repent and believe cycle where we um, respond to what God is doing. If we can't do that in a daily basis, then we're, we're really setting students up to fail the camp experience. Because if all they see during the year is mom and dad coming to church, sitting in the pew, and then not talking about or living like Jesus throughout the week, then they're going to think that, yeah, you just come to church to kind of get filled up, and then slowly your cup drains over the course of seven days, and you come back the next Saturday or next Sunday, as long as it's convenient for your vacation schedule, and you get filled up again. And then, so, I mean, how else would they process camp if not, well, this is the place I go and get filled up, and then I kind of take away a little bit from the cup throughout the year, then I'll come back next year to be refilled. That's that's not what we're trying to, to have happen. Um, we'll, we'll, you will get filled up. I mean, we truly believe you will get filled up, but we want to create an experience where you truly have access to God on a daily basis because you do. We want you to hear and respond to the Holy Spirit on a daily basis. We want you to think about, speak about, act like Jesus in your everyday life because this um, radical desire to um, follow Jesus is awesome, but what's maybe even more radical now is following Jesus in our um, everyday life. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. That's um, good, guys. Do you guys have any last thoughts you want to add or anything you want to specifically tell just parents um, about this summer and about just um, life with their kids in general as they're, as they're all in different stages. Just like our students are at different maturity levels, we know our parent, all the parents are. Sign up for also. Youthquake. So. <laughs> Sign up for Family I, Camp. It's funny that when I, kind of the last thing that I had written down there was whenever we <clears throat> come back from camp or something like this, I, I've even thought about this as having a big part in planning some of these events but it's always like okay it's now on to the next thing right 
And I think it's very important that we view that not so much as the next thing, but as the next place where we can create places where students can be connected to Christ, to one another. Um, and a time after camp, I kind of think of it as, you know, strike while it's hot. I mean, kids are uh, very connected to one another. They've built new relationships. They've been challenged in a new way. And uh, the more that we can continue that soon, sooner rather than later, and it's not four months and like, oh, wow, um, that seems like years <laughs> since that time. That brings back nostalgia, right? And that's really not what we're after. Right. Nostalgia is fine. That's great. I get nostalgic driving up to camp, but I'm not, our purpose isn't to create nostalgic memories, but people that love and, and know and follow Jesus. So um, I would say just continue to, uh, if you have a, a part, say, getting them there, continue to connect them. And as they uh, grow together with one another in community, um, it's a beautiful thing. One of my, my favorite parts of this entire summer, Matt Proctor was speaking at high school camp, and he just mentioned this idea of thin moments. Um, you know, as, as we're talking about the kingdom of God, um, he just was talking about these moments where heaven and earth get real, real, real close. Um, and we call those thin moments where um, it's almost like heaven has inserted it itself here onto planet earth. Um, and I think the cool thing um, is that God is doing that all the time, all the time. I, I think thin moments happen definitely at camp. Um, they're just maybe easier to see because there's less distractions. Um, but as parents um, and as kids um, and, and as individuals, I think um, as Christians, we just have to be way more aware of thin moments um, and just taking advantage of these times where God kind of pulls back the curtain and he says, hey, check out what I'm doing. And I, I think the encouragement, like Drew had just said, we, we don't want to have these gap spaces of, um, oh man, it's been four months or, you know, four months on to the next thing, blah, blah, blah. I think the way that we do that is we we recognize and we see and we take advantage of the thin moments that God gives us every single day. You know, whether that's just eating breakfast with your kids as you open up scripture um, and kind of talk about what God is doing in your world um, or, you know, a conversation that you have with another parent about what's going on in your kids' lives because of what happened at camp. Um, I think the more that we are just simply aware of what God is doing, um, I think man, we can totally use those things to just drive us to look more and more like him. Um, and it, again, I think the only reason that camp is so easy to do that at is because we rid ourselves of distractions. And so, you know, there's not screens, there's not the weight of baseball. We're, we're kind of secluded in a way. And so it's, it's when we get back home, it's the challenge of finding ways um, to almost get rid of distractions in our daily life so we can be more aware of these thin moments. So that's, I think that's another huge thing that as parents, just be aware. Um, be aware of the moments that God God is ordaining for you to have with your kids, with your family, um, with those that he has put in your friend group um, to just share the truth of the kingdom. So, I think my last thought would be for those of you who maybe aren't parents, but want to know how to engage this. You feel like, man, this is something that I think 
I'd like to help with or be part of, but I don't really know how because either my kids are out of the house or I don't have kids of my own. We have a lot of opportunities. One, if you are somebody with money, man, help kids who would love to experience this camp high and maybe have a radical moment or just need to be um, closer with the body of believers, whatever they might need to experience at camp help pay for them to go. We need. We have a lot of kids who need help financially to going. Uh, the other, as Morgan mentioned, is pray. Pray over these weeks. Pray over the weeks prior to and following up camp. Pray for the homes of those kids because there's a lot of brokenness there. And even the ones that may seem stable um, from the outside have a distant relationship from each other or God. And the other is maybe join us as a small group later. Uh, um, we have a lot of needs as far as coming alongside students on a regular basis in order to help them follow Jesus. So those are all great ways for you to maybe jump in and join us if you don't have children of your own right now. Yeah, we always need volunteers on a weekly basis. So, I mean, if you if you can't make it to camp, um, you can make it to church on Sunday. And that's why we have two services is so that you can go to one and you can serve at another. So if, if you want to be involved in these conversations and be a part of it, man, please find us um, because we would love for you to be a part of um, kids encountering Jesus on, on a weekly, on a daily basis. Hey guys, we just love you so much and uh, we are praying for you and your kids um, and that God is glorified and we are benefited to know him. We love you so much and until next time, we'll, we'll uh, see you later.